0: Pall Famous Cigarettes present The Big Story. Hey, you, where do you think you're going? Get out of my way. Oh, no, you don't. I saw you hold up that store. Give me that gun. Get out
1: of my way. Give it to me. Okay, you ask
2: for it. Here. Hey, why don't you look where you're going? Get out of
1: my way, sister, and get out of it
0: fast. Why, you... I remember something for your health. You didn't see nothing. Get it? Oh. The Big Story, another in a thrilling series based on true experiences of newspaper reporters. Tonight, to Howard Bofay of the Cleveland News, goes the Pell Award for The Big Story. <laughs> exciting and authentic story of The Case of the Unfinished Love Song.
1: You are Howard Bofay, columnist and roving editor for the Cleveland News. As such... You have the rare privilege of covering any story that strikes your fancy. And on this warm spring evening, you are going to jail. You're going to pay a visit to a murderer. So you pass through the prison gate and walk slowly down the long prison corridor, hearing the light echo of your footsteps on the stone floor. And then you hear something else a violin playing a sad, haunting melody. The music swells, and you follow it until you find yourself standing in front of a prison cell, watching a dark-haired man coax music from a battered violin. Nick Verus murderer.
3: Hello, Veris. Oh, go on playing.
1: No, I just do it to
4: pass the time away. The air here snaps the strings.
3: Mind if I talk to you? Got all the time in the world. Life. My name's Bofay. I'm a reporter from the Cleveland News. What brings you here to see me, Mr. Beaufay? I was at your trial, Nick. I think it's possible that you're not guilty. Thank you. Doesn't it interest you to know that someone thinks you didn't do it? A lot of people think I didn't do it, Mr. Bofay. But I've been in jail two years. Well, I'd like to work on a case, Nick. It's all yours. Any leads for me to follow up?
4: Well, you might go and see Joni. Joni? My wife. Oh. Maybe she can help you. Or maybe you can help her. Uh. Not that she needs anything. She got herself a job as chief hostess at the best restaurant in town, the Belle Paris.
3: All right, I'll look her up.
4: Swell. Uh, and Mr. Bofay. Yeah. Uh, say hello to her for me, will you?
1: We don't employ any hostesses at the Bell Curry Restaurant, Monsieur. That, you, Howard Beauface, say to yourself, a funny state of affairs. So you're going to conference with a phone in the city classified, and after an hour or so, you end up in a dingy restaurant on the shabby side of town. An uninspired string trio is sawing away in a corner. you slump down at a table and wait until a pretty waitress heads your way and asks...
2: May I have your order, sir?
1: Is your
3: name Joan Varis? Yes, but... I'd like to talk to you. Your husband told me to see you. I'm a reporter from the news.
2: But Nicky doesn't know I work here. I told him I had a job at...
3: I know. He sent me there to find you.
2: He'd be upset if he knew I was working in a place like this.
3: I won't tell him, Joan.
2: Thanks. It's not that I mind. It's just that Nicky would. Tell me about him. I wouldn't know what to tell
3: you. Try.
2: Well, the whole thing really started when Nick was in the hospital, recuperating from a pretty serious operation. I went to visit him as soon as he was out of danger. Nick. Hi, Johnny. How are you?
4: Wonderful, now that you're here.
2: Oh, darling. I- I've been so worried about you.
4: Don't you know only the good die young?
2: you are so thin.
4: Well, I need care and love. I think you'd better make it a full-time job.
2: What about the hours and the pay? Incomparable. When will you start? Right now. I... Oh, Nikki, I never realized how much I loved you until I nearly didn't have you. Oh, darling. Nikki, I brought you your violin. Here
4: it is. You think I still remember how to use it?
2: Why not try?
4: what do I play, Johnny?
2: Guess.
5: Of course. Our song.
2: Oh, Nicky. Nicky, I'm so happy. Now that you're well again, nothing can, can hurt me ever.
3: I'm glad, darling.
2: I beg your pardon. Oh, what is it, nurse? Well, there's a man here who
3: insists on... Well, I mean, he just walked up and... I'll explain he... the situation myself. Nicholas Verse, you're wanted in Cleveland for murder.
2: so quickly, Mr. Bowface. One minute we were alone, Nick was playing our song to me, and the next thing I knew, he...
3: He was sentenced to life imprisonment for the 14-year-old murder of a man named Frank Dando. They was supposed to have stopped him as he ran out of a grocery store he was supposed to have robbed. Right? Yes.
2: And Nick wasn't even in Cleveland then.
3: Were you married to him at that time? No. But well, how do you know he wasn't in Cleveland?
2: He told me he wasn't.
3: And well, you just take his word for it? Of course. You love him that much?
2: I know him that well.
3: Hmm. There's only one thing to do. All the evidence is old stuff, buried for 14 years. We've got to dig it up. Now, I'm willing to try. Are you?
2: You mean you'll help me?
3: Well, I don't know if you call it help exactly. I'm not completely convinced of your husband's innocence, but the only way to find out is to look into the facts.
2: Thank you for being honest, Mr. Beaufay. What do we do first?
3: Our first step is the police records. Suppose I meet you tomorrow morning. We'll start looking.
2: All right. I'll meet you at... What's the matter? Nothing. It's just that... That's our song. The, the tune the orchestra's playing. That's Nicky's and mine. Every time I hear it, I... Mr. Beaufort could we start looking Tonight?
3: Tonight? Look, it's almost 11 o'clock. I know, but. Don't you understand? Yeah. Yeah, I understand. Come on, get your coat.
2: anything else, Mr.
3: Beaufort? No, not yet. Same stuff. Two witnesses said it was Nick Veris, three said it wasn't. But they couldn't point a finger at anyone else.
2: That's all I can find.
3: I'll
2: go on checking these papers here. Uh, Mr. Beaufort?
3: Yeah, what is it?
2: The police report of Frank Dando killing 1924. Testimony of Louise willick
3: I don't remember that name from the trial.
2: She wasn't called at the trial. The testimony of this girl is that she was waiting for a streetcar when a man with a gun ran out of the grocery store that was just robbed and she saw his face clearly.
3: Give me that paper. The gunman was identified as James Horvath, notorious gangster from the Flats area of Cleveland. So it
2: wasn't Mickey. She said it wasn't Nicky.
3: You go on home, Joan. I'll call you in the morning. Well, what are you going to do? A little investigating on my own. I'd like to check this report and find out why that girl was never called to testify. Well, here it is, Joan. The girl, Louise Relick, was taken before the grand jury in 1924. But she refused to talk any further. Why? She lived in the Flats area where Harvard was boss. She's evidently afraid of him and his gang. The deposition was no build. What does that mean? Oh, dropped, buried, dead, finished.
2: Oh, well, what about all that? Where is he now?
3: He happens to be locked up for murder in the Ohio Penitentiary. The Ohio prison. Yeah, and in the same cell block with Nicholas Barris. You know, Joan. I think I ought to pay another visit to that cell block. <laughs>
0: We'll be back in just a moment with tonight's big story. But first, a word from Cy Harris. Now we return you to your narrator, Bob Sloan, and tonight's
1: big story. You, Howard Beaufay of the Cleveland News, are once again walking down a corridor of the Ohio State Prison. You've just learned that it's the same prison that houses James Horvath... Accused of the murder for which Nick Veris is serving time. And as you walk, you hear faintly the same melody you heard as you walked down the prison corridor once before. Only this time, the music hurts you. It hurts you because you know the story behind that unfinished love song. The story of two unhappy people. You reach the cell. Hello, Nick. Did
3: you see Joan? Yeah. When? Just left her a few hours ago Probably see her again this afternoon
4: They only let me see her twice a month How is she? Oh, fine When she comes to see me, it's hard to tell if she really looks all right through that screen they have up She's fine, Nick What dress was she wearing when you saw her? Dress? Oh, uh, Well, a... Sort of green thing, I think With kind of white stuff up at the top? Yeah I bought that for her just before How's her new job, the hostess thing? Oh, it's fine. I'm glad she has a nice job like that. Oh, sure. She's helpless about little things, you know. Like always forgetting to carry a handkerchief. She always gets all dressed up to go out and then has to borrow my handkerchief when she cries at
3: the movies because she forgets hers.
4: Did you have any trouble finding her?
5: Mm,
3: I tried to talk to the wrong gal at first and (laughs) had a hard time explaining myself. (laughs) (laughs) I'll bet you did. Well, how'd you find Joanie? Oh, she was over at this fly speck joint, slinging hash, but... Uh... She was slinging hash. Well, that is... She... Joni slinging hash? Look, Nick, I'm sorry,
4: I... She told me she got a job as hostess. I thought it was an easy job and it would make things nicer for her. I didn't know she'd have to sling food in a one-armed joint. So that's the way to do it, huh? Stick a guy away in a cell with a number pinned on his back and forget him. And then his wife. Something that just keeps living. Something that that doesn't matter. Well, it matters to me. It matters to me more than anything in the world, and I can't do it. If I could break out of this place, I'd murder every one of them with my bare hands. I'd really murder this time. I... Johnny. Johnny.
5: Take okay,
3: it easy, Nick. <laughs> I'm sorry. But... My wife, I... I know, I know. Nick, she helped me dig up some news for you. We found the testimony of a girl who was standing on a street corner when the killer ran by in 1924. She identified him as James Horvath. Why didn't the girl testify in court? She refused to appear. The record was
4: just forgotten. Horvad must have been the one, then. Can anybody get him to admit it? I don't know. Do you think he's the killer? I don't know, Dick. Maybe they had a hunch about that girl when they offered me that deal? What deal? They told me they'd accept a plea of guilty to a manslaughter charge. What? Sure. That way they said I could serve eight months and get
3: parole. Why didn't you tell me this in the first place? I figured it was all water over the dam. Now, look, Nick. I'll be frank with you. I've been following up this case because it's good human interest stuff. Up to now, I wasn't convinced that you were innocent. Although I had a hunch you might be. But passing up a chance to get off with an eight-month sentence? That rings a bell with me. I'm going to talk to Horvath. Thanks, Mr. Beaufort. Oh, and look. Yeah. Oh, when
4: you see Joni, don't don't tell her I know about her being a waitress in that place. You know how it is. I I wouldn't want to upset her.
3: Cleveland knows.
1: I got no news for you, pencil happy.
3: I just want to talk.
1: I got no talk for you either.
3: I've just been visiting a prison, right here, Orvad.
1: What you trying to
3: do? Sell magazines? We talked. So? We talked about a murder, the murder of Frank Dando back in nineteen
1: twenty-four. I ain't interested in
3: ancient history, Orvad. You know, and I know that you committed that crime, not Nick Barris. Why don't you do a decent thing for once in your life and clear him? When I want to hire a halo, I'll let you know. Horvath, look.
1: Don't...
4: Horvath, look me, reporter. Get out!
2: Any luck, Mr. Buffet?:
3: Not with Horvath. I see. Look, Joan. Maybe Horvath isn't the only cog in this machine. Maybe we could try and pin down that girl witness. Maybe.
2: Well, that shouldn't be too hard.
3: Oh, no, no. After all, we know that her name is Louise Relic, or used to be, and uh, that she lives in Cleveland, or used to live here, and that she was waiting for a trolley car in a street corner in 1924. So all we have to do is find her in a city of a million and a quarter people, if she's still in Cleveland. looking for a girl called Louise Relic. Can you tell me where I can find her?
2: I'm trying to locate a woman named Louise Relic who probably lived in this neighborhood. Have you any idea where she might be living now?
3: I heard she might be living in this section of town. thought maybe
2: the superintendent might have a list of tenants back as far as 1924.
3: The name's Louise Relic. I hear she used to live in this neighborhood.
2: She moved two years ago? I see.
3: Thank you. No forwarding address, huh? Thanks, anyhow.
2: Never mind, Ben. Thank you.
5: Oh, if they'd only turn off that
2: jukebox...
3: Drink your coffee, Joan. Make it feel better.
2: I'm sorry to be such a baby,
3: but...
2: It's just that I'm so tired. Do you,
3: do you have a handkerchief? I guess I left mine home. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's better.
2: You didn't find out anything about the relic woman, did you, Mr. Bofay?
3: No. going to keep on plugging?
2: I don't know. I hate to give up, but it seems like such a hopeless thing that keep on tramping the streets, knocking on doors, asking questions and not getting answers. I don't see how. Mr. beaupe is this the only way we can clear Nick?
3: I'm afraid so.
2: All right, then. Let's go knock on some more doors. According to the address that woman gave me, it should be this house here.
3: Look, Joan, it's late. Oh, huh? well,
2: let's try this house. It's the first definite address we've been able to find. All right. Well, hello. Hello.
3: Are you Louise Relic?
2: Have been for some time, honey. Oh, we've been looking all over for you. Very flattering. What for? May we come in? Sure. Miss Relic. Call me Weezy,
0: honey.
3: Miss Relic, this is Mrs. Nick Varis.
2: I think you got the wrong apartment.
3: I don't think we do.
2: The door's behind you.
3: Look, sister. Nick Varis is in jail for a murder he didn't commit. I know he didn't commit it. And what's more important, you can prove he didn't.
0: Never heard of him.
3: Perhaps you've heard of a man named James Horvath. No.
2: Nope. Please, Miss Relic. You're the only chance I've got to free my husband. Look, you two, get out of here and get out fast. But why, why? Can't you see we've got to get the truth from you? That you're the only one who can help us.
3: She's afraid to tell us what she knows, Joan.
2: Afraid? Sure, I'm afraid.
3: But you do know something if you wanted to talk. Get
2: out of here. Are you
3: afraid of James Horvath? I
2: don't know what you
3: mean. Are you afraid of James Horvath because he's the man you saw shoot Frank Dando back in 1924? I don't know
2: what you mean. Are you
3: afraid he and his gang will get you if you talk? I don't know what you mean. Are you afraid if you exonerate, think Varys Horvath and his boys will be laying for you? Is that what you're afraid of, Miss Relic? Is it? Yes, yes, yes. James Horvath's in jail for another murder. He can't hurt you.
2: But he's not the only one. His gang will get me if I talk.
3: No one will ever know you talk except the parole board. But they'll
2: board. see my name in the newspapers, won't they?
3: Your name won't be printed.
2: Okay. I'll meet you at the parole board office in
5: the morning.
1: You spend the long hours of the night drinking black coffee and wondering if that frightened promise will hold. It does. The next morning, Louise Relick tells the parole board that the man she saw running from the scene of the robbery and murder was James Horvath. Then one day, a little later, you pull your car up to a stop in front of the state penitentiary. Now, Nick will come out of that door
3: over there, Joan.
2: At 11 o'clock? At 11. What time is it now?
3: (laughs) Well, for the tenth time in the last five minutes, it's now uh, three minutes of 11.
2: Three minutes. In just three minutes, Nick, we'll walk out of that door. Do do I look all right?
3: You look wonderful.
2: Do we have to wait in the car? I mean, couldn't... Oh,
3: come on. You wear me out. We'll walk over that
2: way. Oh, isn't it a perfectly wonderful day? I don't think the sky has ever been so blue, or the sun so bright, or anything so wonderful in all the world.
3: Why, I wonder
2: why. What time is it now?
3: (laughs) 45 seconds to 11, precisely.
2: 45 seconds? Why, that's no time at all. Oh, my stockings seems straight. Absolutely. And I've got a clean handkerchief, too. Nicky gets so mad at me when I forget my hanky. But this time I put one in my...
4: Nikki. Come on, honey. I'll take you home.
1: You, Howard Beaufay, had the rare privilege among newspaper men of being able to pick your own assignments. And this time, you really take one. You helped two good people find each other again, and you got your big story... And you'd been around the pencil game long enough to know which was the thing that really counted.
0: In just a moment, we'll read you a telegram from Howard Buffet with the exciting details of tonight's big story. we read you that telegram from Howard Buffet of the
3: Cleveland News. Following his release from Ohio State Penitentiary, innocent musician in tonight's big story accepted engagement with well-known orchestra and with his wife left Cleveland. No one else ever came to trial for 14-year-old murder. Many thanks for tonight's Mell Award. Thank
0: you, Mr. Buffet. The makers of Mell famous cigarettes are proud to have named you the winner of the Mell $500 Award... For notable service in the field of journalism. Listen again next week, same time, same station, when Pell-Mell Famous Cigarettes will present another big story. A big story from the pages of the Washington Evening Star. Byline, Jack Allen. A big story about a newspaper reporter and a prize fighter who didn't like newspaper reporters. The Big Story is produced by Bernard J. Proctor and directed by Harry Ingram with music by Vladimir Zelensky. Tonight's program was written by Gail Ingram. Your narrator was Bob Sloan and Craig McDonald played the part of Howard Volpe. All names in tonight's story except that of Mr. Volpe were fictitious but the dramatization was based on a true and authentic case. This is Ernest Chapel speaking for the makers of Pall Mall Famous Cigarettes. During the United Church canvas, November 16th to December 7th, reaffirm your allegiance to the faith that is the foundation of true happiness. Worship regularly, give to your church or synagogue liberally. This is NBC, the national broadcasting
5: company.